biohacking, performance, mastery, mindset. This is a show about getting better every single day. The Hack Life with Joe Levin. Welcome to the show. The fear of loss is a path to the dark side. Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. I thought that'd be a great way to start off the show today when we're talking about fear. And that's a quote, of course, from Star Wars. If you're not a Star Wars fan, sorry. You know, there's been just a lot of stuff going on lately with this whole coronavirus. And I wanted to wrap it up. This is part three of three uh, special episodes I've been doing specifically for the coronavirus. You know, the first one I started off with was a virus protocol. Like, what are some healthy things that you can do? right now to keep you and your family safe. And I wrote this protocol out prior to the coronavirus, but this really applies to all viruses and common colds. And you can use that with your kids or just your family members and yourself. And it's an excellent guide. And actually, I'm constantly updating it and tweaking it. So refer back to that episode. That's a good one to start off with just for health stuff. Then the second one I did was seven ways that you can beat the financial crisis because I could see there was a lot of fear and uncertainty in the market. There's a lot of people that are, you know, they have, they're seeing their 401ks crash and all this. And that just brings on stress and angst and things that you just don't need. And I wanted to help quell that by dropping that episode. I thought that'd be a fun one. I made that number two. And now, you know, we're three weeks into the corona scare and it's just continued. The fear is just continuing. And I'm like, hey, what else can I do? to help people and act as a guide, act as a source, a sounding board. What else can I do to provide information and quell some of these fears? You know, it's crazy just all the things that I see between family members, social media, and the news. And it's just constant fear mongering in my opinion. It's emotional contagion and it's a problem. It's just constant. I, I All I'm getting is text from people, and it's bad text. And I just kind of laugh, and I actually tell these people, stop sending me these texts. Stop sending me texts about people or the people dying of the coronavirus is increasing. Like, why, why are you sending me this to me? Why do you want me to know? Why do I care? Do you not think I know that this is an issue? Do you not think that I'm not fearful? I'm fearful just like everybody else. But I'm not letting it control my life. Like, we have to, I think, find a state and rise above it. We gotta, we've got to reach like this state of vibrancy and buoyancy. You can even tell in my voice, like, I'm juiced. Like, I'm, I'm moving. I'm feeling good. And I don't think everyone else is thinking that. I think people are in a dark spot right now. And there's a lot of people that are fearful. And it's like they want to send me these texts about people dying. And it's just crazy. Like for every, for every stat you send me, for every graph or chart you send me, I can send you another one. You know, the data is irrelevant in my opinion. You can make data work for you, and I've learned that over the years. You, you send me, uh, you know, people are increasing their um, – people in the U.S. Are, are contracting coronavirus more and more. Well, yeah, guess what? I mean, we're also the number one source of creating tests now. Like, we actually – we have all the tests, like m lots and lots of tests, which we didn't have before, and we're testing tons and tons of people. Other countries aren't doing that or they didn't have the access to that. So there you go. You may, I mean, 
I, I can I can squash your argument about you can tell me all about how people are increasing. Okay. But at the same time, that's because we're testing it. So, of course, people are increasing. You can tell me a headline like deaths are increasing. Well, of course, people are people are going to be dying more every day. That's just natural. That's just natural. You can tell me people, well, I'm, I'm worried about Italy because the people in, in, in Italy are, you know, are dying. I'm worried about the people in Italy, too. But I'm pretty sure the stats said something of the nature that people in Italy are dying around 80. And the people with the coronavirus in Italy, the most the mean, right, the average people that inflicted were around 79.5 years. So, again, what this all brings it back, right, is to what are we paying attention to? You know, what are you paying attention to? Are you paying attention to the fear and the hype? Because I'm not. So that's why this doesn't affect me. I, I'm, I'm paying attention to my family and keeping them safe and healthy and living in abundance. That's my focus. My focus is not this corona. And honestly, I think I already got the corona. I think I got it, and I beat that thing. And I'm not even thinking about it again. I'm not looking back at it. And I think that's the attitude people need to have. And if they didn't get it, uh, other than unless you're like a really old, uh, you know, you're in that old population, then you are going to be the most affected. And that's not to judge old people. That's not to hate on old people. That's not to say that I don't care about old people. But that's just to say, let's face it, they're the most affected. And you can, again, you can throw your stats at me all you want. Well, there's a 29. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's a 29-year-old that was killed. What do you want me to do? You, you want me to talk about it? You want me to dwell on it? You want me to focus on it? Because what we focus, we become, right? That's the point. What we focus, we become. And I think that's what we're all missing. And I think there's part of us that likes to dwell in the fear. So check it out. This episode... I'm going to talk about the types of fear that we experience. I'm going to talk about why we fear, which I think is so critically important, guys, that you understand maybe why you're doing what you're doing, why you're dwelling on this fear. And I think once you understand the why behind it, maybe you could actually change and do something about it. And that'll be the number three thing. What we do is what we can actually do about this fear. And then four, we'll just do a, a good wrap up. I think there's some great things that you can just take away right off the back, and that is, one, stop checking media, okay? And then for the duration of this coronavirus, you should not complain. You should make it a priority that you're going to just stop complaining because that breeds more, less lack of you. And when you're lacking of, you're just not in a higher state. You're not in a higher frequency. So... There's a great experiment Tim Ferriss talked about a long time ago where he did like a 21-day no-complaint uh, experiment. And he just said like it was amazing and like how much he learned and, and how much how much awareness he developed. Like, wow, how much we complain. You know, as a first responder, that's all we do is complain. We complain about change and we complain about what is. So it's like, what do you want? You know, you can't have – you you either mad that things are changing or you're mad that people, things are staying the same. So try to find ways that you don't complain. All right, let's talk about some of the types of fear. You know, I think the one that is most attributable to what we're dealing with here and the coronavirus is loss, right? That's a big fear, like loss of life, loss of a family member. We're all scared. We're all scared of the potential loss. And we it scares us, right? Death scares us. And this virus is unknown, man. 
it's 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 not an it's not a known enemy. We can't say this is a foreign enemy invading us. You know, this is how we can prevent it. Like this is just so unknown, and I think that's the scariest part for people. You know, one of the human needs that Tony Robbins always talks about is certainty, and some of us value that a lot. Some of us don't, but not having that certainty is just very concerning for us. So instead of this loss, we really need to be focusing on the gains. And I talked about that in the last episode of just thinking about, you know, in terms of the financial market, like think of all the ways you can gain from this. Because I always say when there's peril, there's prosperity. So you can always come out on top. But again, if we're focusing on loss, then that's where our mind is at. That's where the tunnel vision is at. That's where our energy and focus goes, and that's what we get. What we focus on, we get. That what we focus on, we become. And that's what I'm trying to say. Let's focus on the gains. What are we gaining? Are we spending more time with our family? Are we building other connections that we didn't have? Are there people that need us more than we normally would reach out to? You know? Let's stop focusing on the loss. Let's start focusing on the gains. Okay? The second type of fear that you might have is a, a process-based fear. And that means maybe you're just not sure how to do something, right? Or maybe something's just really hard. It's a hardship for you. And you're just not sure. Like, you're not sure if you can do it. And it scares you. And you don't like these feelings of hardship or pain, right? We resist that. Pain and pleasure, those are just the two common things that we, we, uh, we're attracted to. And we resist pain and we, we seek pleasure. So pain is not easy. And I can just say this, when it comes to the process and you're not sure what to do, you need to honor the struggle, right? This is a time to honor the struggle. This is a time to know that, hey, as of now, as of the, ne- the last time I heard, President Trump said we are going to be quarantined till May 1st. At least we are here in San Francisco. We got to honor that. It's not going to be easy. We know that. And we got to figure out a way that we can honor that and, and trust the process. Trust it. Right? I mean, look at me. I'm doing a lot of, you know, I, I wasn't able to do, reach out to people and do my in-person podcast interviews. Okay. So I adapt. Now I'm now look at everyone. Everyone's doing everything over Zoom. I'm doing solo sods. I think this is more valuable right now. It's okay, no problem. Honoring the struggle. And then the third thing is, when it comes to fear, is we're scared about the outcome. We're scared about what if it's not better. What if things will just turn out ruinous? And. That's that's fearful. Like if you're gonna take a test, and you know, what if, what if it just doesn't work out the way I plan? What if my plan is a big failure? What if I start a new business, and it doesn't work out? What if I go bankrupt? Right. That's that's got to be on everybody's mind right now. What if I go bankrupt? What if this doesn't work? What if I speak up? Will I get fired? You know, the more we fixate on these future images, the more paralyzed we become. So the biggest thing with this and what I'm going to talk about later is we got to stay present. Because when you think about the outcome, you're thinking about the future. And we got to stay present on the now. That's the only way to beat this fear. That is going to be the big, one of the biggest take-home messages when it comes to fear is you got to stay present. you got to stay focused on the now. Because if you're, if you're thinking about 
what could happen, you're thinking in the future. And if you think about what could have happened, you're thinking about the past. Either way, you're not focused on the future. You're not focused on the present. So we got to detach from that. So one of the first things I wanted to talk about is just how fear, like why do we even have this fear, right? What What is coming out of this? And I thought a great resource is my good friend Ryan Muncy. He wrote a, an amazing book called Fuck Your Feelings. And it's such a great book. And I'm really just happy because I read this book a while ago and – now preparing for this podcast, I actually had to review this, and I just found so many good nuggets. I took so much notes. I had so many underlines, and I think you're going to love this. And, guys, it all comes down to neuroscience. And Muncie has a couple great quotes in there from a guy named Damasio who does a, is a lot of research in neuroscience. And he says, you know, emotions play a central role in our social cognition and decision-making. Damasio is the same man – behind the quote that said 95% of our decisions come from feelings. 95% of our decisions come from feelings. So what do you think about that? When you think about when you think about 95% of our decisions come from feelings, does that sound like a good thing? <laughs> does that sound like does that sound like something we should be should we be trusting that? Like we know feelings and emotions are cluttered, right? We may we don't make the best decisions based on feelings, which is why Muncie's book is called Fuck Your Feelings. I mean, think about that. So think about the decisions you're making right now and how you interpret this coronavirus, this fear, this panic. Where, where are these feelings coming from? Is this coming from logic? Or is it coming from your feelings? You know, the part of the brain, he says, that's responsible for the compulsive, emotional, feeling-based decision is in the limbic system. And so when we think about the limbic system, it's an, ancient, it's an ancient system, right? It's very primitive. But it's the great thing about it is that it's fast. And it governs most of our subconscious thought systems, okay? It's a very egocentric, though, and primitive-based system. And you have to remember what the limbic system is known for is survival, right? It wants to keep us alive, which is what I always talk about is that your brain is, is, is designed to keep you alive. It's not designed to keep you happy. And it's in many ways, you know, it, it can sabotage you. It's survival-based, which is why we're always thinking of the negative, and we're always thinking about how to minimize the downside. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing in many ways. But just know that this is a very primitive-based system. And there, there can be some fallbacks to this, right? Which is why we have the limbic brain. We have a prefrontal cortex, the more executive functioning mind. Now, this primitive-based system, based on feelings, again, it's very fast. It's feeling-based. It's only focused on the here and now. And when you think about the limbic system, you know, another thing I always think about is the amygdala. And then you always talk, you always hear, like, the amygdala hijack. And the amygdala is constantly, especially for first responders and people out there that are out there working long hours and keeping us safe and the nurses out there, you know, that amygdala is being triggered left and right. And that is part of the limbic system. That is that survival base. 
It's just trying to keep you alive. So it's looking for danger all the time. But just imagine if you're always looking for danger, that kind of state that you're in, that high-stressed, high-arousal state, right? That's what you're in, man. Now, the cool thing about the limbic system is that it, you know it plays a critical role in the formation of memories. So it can integrate your emotional states with stored memories. And a lot of times, our memories are stored based on emotional past. So something that was an emotional, that has high state of emotion, like those are things that we actually remember. And those can be tied in with physical sensations as well. And I'm going to tie back in why, why it's important to understand these physical states and why that's important when you think about memories and feelings. And then remember, memories and feelings, feelings, we just said 95% of that comes, that's our decision-making process. So just remember that. The prefrontal cortex, that part of our brain, that logic, that that executive mind, that higher mind, that's only responsible for 5% of the decisions we make. Okay? So based on the central concept that the stimuli can induce emotions such as fear, anger, or love, initially induces this uh, visceral function, right? So in other words, what... Muncie goes on to say, and it's a longer sentence, but I just took it out. In other words, the brain is influenced by the body and vice versa. And this totally makes sense, right? When you think about that gut-heart-brain connection, you know, you think about sometimes if you, if you were just going through the woods or something, you could sense danger. Your heartbeat starts to, starts to increase, right? Maybe your breathing increases. These are all physical things. It's not, it's not logical. It's not emotional per se it's not your brain doing it's not your you know this logical part you're thinking like how why is that all happening right there's these physical sensations that you're talking about so just understand that the brain and the body can be influenced they can influence each other this is going to be super important when i get a little bit further on okay and you're going to want to know why now the emotions and feelings right they, they can become maladaptive. They can become dysfunctional. And you just think about that. You know, that's going to guide our decisions if we stay in these states too long. Right? So, in other words, people who let their current states, a.k.a. their feelings, guide their decisions, they are more strongly to engage in thoughts related to unpleasant situations. And these people are not solution-oriented. They're not looking for solutions, which is why I always talk about this negative news. Everyone just keeps sending me all this negative news. But you're not looking for solutions. You're not looking for, like, how can I get out of this terrible state? Instead, you just want to keep staying in that state. You're not, you're not solution-oriented. So fuck your feelings. That's the whole point of Muncie's book, Fuck Your Feelings. Yes, the title of the book, Fuck Your Feelings. That's it. Now, going back, though, to the physical state and why that's important. Think about things like your posture, right? There's a lot of evidence talking about power postures. Like if you're going to go into a job interview, how you hold your body, you know, are you in this power pose position like a Superman with a big wingspan, your arms out? This creates psychologically for your brain, it creates this powerful posture, which in turn makes you feel more confident, more vibrant. Um, you know, there's that phrase, motion creates emotion. 
You know, I used to get that a lot in uh, sales. You know, when I used to sell Cutco knives back in the day, we would they would say motion uh, creates emotion. So walk around when you're making these cold cold calling people on these sales calls. Walk around, move a little bit, create that emotion, create that that vibrancy. Create so you don't just stand sound like you're. Like, oh, hi, I'm Joel. Nice to meet you. I'd like to sell you. No, like, that's not going to work. You got to be moving around. So, power postures, natural movement, just getting out walking, getting in the sun, right? These are all critical when you think about the fear base that you might be in during this time or just getting out of a rut, getting out of a state. I, I've noticed so many times that a lot of my best ideas and brainstorming comes when I'm working out, like in between sets, moving my body, just pumping weights, doing lots of burpees can just, I will do that every now and then just to get me out of a state of just yuck, a state of I'm in a bad mood and I need, I need to move. I need to change my state. I need to change my body because my state is going to change my emotions, which is therefore going to change my feelings. And that's therefore going to change my decision-making process. You see why it's just so critical that we understand the why about what we do and that it's okay. Hey, okay, I'm in this fear-based state. Let me get out of it. How can I get out of it? 95% of my decisions are made by this emotional state. Let me, let, me, uh, let me check in. Let me get perspective. Let me ask others. Let me watch it. I was going to say let me watch a different news channel, but at the end of the day, they're all saying the same thing. They're just killing you with this corona. But can I get perspective? Can I connect with somebody else who might think differently? Can I move my body? Can I change my state by maybe meditation or box breathing, right? They say meditation is just hugely important for increasing our prefrontal cortex, right? So these are all good things. All right. Now, let's get into some more ways that we can actually – now you understand the why. Now you understand why are we getting these fear bases. Let's talk about what we can do about it. And I've already listed a couple there. Move your body, change your state, right? We've already talked about that, some breathing. Now I want to talk about something that I love, and this is something that Jocko Willink, who is a former Navy SEAL commander, talks about a lot. And he talks about detaching. And that's actually in his latest book, which is on leadership and tactics and principles. He says that's actually the first principle, the first foundation is detach. Now, when you get aroused, when you get when you get triggered, you got to detach. You got to remove yourself from the situation. You can't stay locked on and attached to whatever it is that is grabbing you or causing you to react. And this goes for your, you know, for me or your kids or some kind of anger or some kind of situation, right? Someone is causing you infuriating you. You got to detach. When it comes to the fear, when it comes to the coronavirus, when it comes to all this news, you got to detach. They say, oh my God, you just, Joel, you just got, you just got the coronavirus. You, you've been, you have, you have it. We tested you, you have, you have it. You got to detach. You got to separate yourself from the moment temporarily. Because you got to get some awareness, guys. You got to pay attention to about what's happening around you. You know, and so what Jocko talks about is, you know, as he's leading a team of men into battle, he's like number four, somebody in the stack. And he, his job is not to have his gun out pointing it at somebody. 
his job is to be like the quarterback. He's he's looking at the entire field. He's looking at the other plays. Or maybe you would even say he's the offensive coordinator, yeah, the offensive line coordinator. He's looking at from above that air bird's eye view. He's just letting it all soak in. Because if he were to point his gun at somebody, now he's starting to become tunnel vision. Now he can only see that person that he's dealing with. So imagine if everybody in his stack and in his stack of men are just focused on one person. They're just focused on some guy that's armed with a gun. Everyone's paying attention only to him. No one's paying attention to anything else. What else needs to get done? Do we need other resources? Do we need a perimeter set? Should we be moving to the left or to the right? What about that secondary shooter? All these things aren't being taken care of because you're so narrowly focused. So the point being is you got to stay aware. You got to check yourself. You got to have some awareness about what you're feeling right now. Okay, hey, I don't, oh, I'm getting I'm getting triggered. Let me detach. How do I detach? Let me let me step away from the moment. Let me step away from this. Let me not get tunneled in. Let me get not get so narrowed in here. Let me become aware of what I'm feeling. My heart's racing. Okay, let me label that. My heart's racing. I'm feeling myself panic. I'm feeling this happen to me. Let me step away. Let me control my breathing with box breathing because I know how to do this. Let me move around. Let me get some sunlight. Let me change my posture because when I'm in a peak posture, when I'm in a more upright state where my arms are open, I'm willing and I'm more abundant. I'm, I'm bigger, right? So if you don't detach, you have no awareness. So that's principle number one, I think. When it comes to fear and this scarcity mindset, you got to detach and you got to become aware because if you're not aware, you can't change anything. The second thing I want to talk about comes from this great author, Phil Stutz, or Stutz, I think it's Stutz, and he wrote this book called The Tools, and he talks about fear and courage, and he uses a technique called the reversal of desire, but what he says is when it comes to fear, you have to welcome the fear. You can't run away from it. And it seems paradoxical. It seems contradictory, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta confront it. You gotta bring it on, as he says. So he uses this technique called the reversal of desire, and it's a three-step process. Number one, you bring it on. Number two, you love the pain, and then number three, the pain sets you free. So you would actually go through this process and visualizing. The fear, whatever it is, he says, confront it, visualize it, make it like so real that you're there, you are living it, you're feeling it. He says, silently say to yourself, bring it on, bring it on, bring on whatever it is. Then number two, you silently say, I love it. I love the pain. I love the fear. Whatever it is, I love it. And this is so critical because this is actually another hack that I got from a... It was a guest on another podcast. This was a while back. And he talks about, I think he's a comedian. He talks about actually falling in love with your fear and actually saying, I love that. And just saying that over and over again until you actually believe it. Actually, you trick your body. You trick your mind and saying, I, I'm, I'm poor and I love that. I'm broke and I love that. I'm scared. And I love that. 
So what Phil says is number two, you gotta say I love the pain. So you gotta visualize the fear in front of you again. It's confronting you, and you gotta come to terms with it and say I love it. And then the last thing you're gonna say is the pain sets me free. So you're gonna confront the fear, you're gonna confront it, and then you're silently gonna be saying the pain sets me free. But he says you don't just say like the pain sets me free like quietly. You you're screaming it with conviction. Like you feel it, but you're like screaming and you're imagine like you're going through like a cloud and like you're being spit on the out the other side. And as you leave this cloud, you feel yourself being prepared uh, propelled forward into this realm of just pure light. So remember, first you got to bring it on. You got to feel the desire of the pain. You got to move into that dark cloud. And then when you're in there, you silently scream, I love the pain. But you keep moving forward. You go deeper into the pain. You're one with it. And then afterwards, you spit out on the other side and you say inwardly with conviction, pain sets me free. And you have to feel yourself, see yourself going through the other side, coming out the other side. And it, it this seems crazy. I know. I mean, it seems absolutely crazy. But just try it. If this hasn't worked for you in the past, try it. What do you have to lose? It sounds woo-woo. It sounds ridiculous. Try it. Has has the fear been working for you? If it hasn't been working for you, or maybe you did tapping, or you did something else in the past, whatever works for you, try it. I thought this one was super powerful, powerful, and I love it. And if you just want to do just the one I just said, the one by the comedian, I believe, uh, just do that. Just say whatever it is that you fear. Um, I'm scared of dying, and I and I love that. I'm sc I'm scared that the coronavirus is gonna kill me. I'm scared that the, I'm scared that the coronavirus is gonna kill one of my family members, and I love that. And just say that to yourself, till you become in love with your fear. And then the fear has no power. It has no energy. And because it has no energy and because you've accepted it, it just dissolves. It goes away. That's the beautiful thing about it. All right, guys. And then the last one, I got this from the Book of Joy by the Dalai Lama. And I think everyone's already doing this. But what he talks about is when you turn a threat to a challenge, your body responds very differently to it. So when you're th when we feel something is threatening us, we feel at our core like we're vulnerable, we're under attack. What if you just change that perspective and you change it to something that it's just a challenge? Okay, I'm being challenged right now. I'm being forced to rise above and change my level. That's it. What if we just change our perspective? And I love this because Tony Blauer, who does a great job, and by the way, I'll put in some links for Tony Blauer. He has a great seminar. It's a, I think it's an hour long video. He talks about knowing fear. So the old no fear shirts, N O fear. He says no fear, K N O W, no fear. He talks a lot about fear management and has a great graph and just chart like flow chart where you can actually see where you're at on the fear fear loop and you can see where you're at and you can actually work backwards or work forwards through the fear that you're feeling it's actually it's a great resource i'm going to include links to that in the podcast and tony blowers is one of my favorite favorites when it comes to this he talks a lot about that you know are you going to get challenged at the door at the threatened door are you going to go through the door or are you going to stay at the door threatened and not go through 
which side are you going to come out of? You're going to come out the other side or you're going to stay at the door because you're scared? Don't don't get threatened. Get challenged. He, he even says the same thing. So the Dalai Lama and him are speaking. You got, you know, a self-defense guru, martial artist, Tony Blauer, and the Dalai Lama. They're both saying the same thing. And Tony Blauer says a great thing. He says, what, if you didn't know, if, if you didn't, if you didn't fear fear, what would your life be like? And that's just a great, that's just a great quote, right? Like, if we didn't fear fear, how would we be? Would you take that next promotion? Would you take that next job? Would you create your next business? What would you do? Would you post racy photos on Instagram? Would you be, I don't know. I mean, what would you do, right? What would you do if you didn't fear fear? What's holding you back right now that you're becoming aware of as you listen to this podcast? What What is holding you back now? What are you not doing because of fear? Besides the coronavirus, who cares about the coronavirus? What else are you not doing, Right? And one of the big things the Dalai Lama says also, more so than just becoming threatened and challenged, is he says that when we separate ourselves, when we separate ourselves from others, they become a threat. But when we others, when we're a part of us, when there's this us, there's there's connection, this interdependentness, there is no challenge that we cannot face together, right? So being connected is what it's all about. Connection. Connection could quell your fears right now. And I think everybody's doing a really good job of connection. I see that all around, right? Families are on Zoom calls. People are connecting in ways that they've never connected before. So I think if you're not doing that, then maybe that's something you want to try. Maybe we need to connect more. Maybe we need to not feel so alone during this time where Maybe it feels like we're alone. Maybe it feels like this is alone. We're all quarantined. We're all alone in this fight. And I don't think we are. I think everybody knows that. At least I'm seeing it from our family and a lot of others. People are posting on social media that they're doing these Zoom calls. Zoom stock has gone up. So it's not just us. It's everybody. And I think that's huge, right? People as a nation, as America, I know we, we are known for that, coming together in these times of trouble. And that sense of connection. And it's super powerful. So that's it. And, and just for a wrap up, just a rundown of what we talked about, right? Number one, you got to detach. When you get triggered, when you get aroused, you got to detach from the fear. Maybe you want to develop a protocol. Like, hey, when I get aroused by the fear, when I see this news story about more people dying in the coronavirus, this is what I'm going to do. Step number one, I'm going to call Joel up and ask for some positivity. Step two, I'm going to take five breaths. I'm going to turn off the TV. Step three, I'm going to – I don't know. I don't know what's your protocol, right? You know, SWAT teams and, you know, high-level uh, forces, you know, they have a pro- They have a protocol. They call it a – everyone calls it something different, but we call it like a pace plan, right? You know, your, what's your preliminary plan? What's your alternate plan? What's your contingency plan? What's your emergency plan? So, you know, your primary plan, and this is what you're going to do. If that doesn't work, you're going to have an alternate plan. If that doesn't work, you got a contingency plan. And then if all shit breaks loose, you, you hit the button and you have the emergency plan. Maybe developing a protocol would be something good for you during this time. And maybe this will help you later on in life with other fears that you might have, not just the coronavirus. The second thing you got to do, you got to become present, guys talked about this earlier but fear does not exist when you're present because you're living in the now you're connected you're breathing 
You're focusing on your breath. You're not focused on other stuff. You're not focused on, oh my God, this could happen to me. Oh my God, what if? None of that's even crossing your mind because you're just present. You're just watching your breath. You're controlling the breathing. You're watching on your, you're your focused on you. You're focused on the very moment. You're not focused on the future. You got to become present. All fear will dissipate when you become present. Number three, you can fall in love with it. Fall in love with your fears, right? We talked about the reversal of desire technique with St uh, Phil Stutz. You can bring it on. You can love it. And then the pain sets me free. You can say that or you can just fall in love with it. Now, the fourth thing I wrote down is you got to be grateful because anger, fear does not exist when you're grateful, when there's gratitude. Those emotions cannot be triggered when you're feeling grateful, when you're feeling abundant. Fear cannot exist when you, when you feel there's abundance. When there's scarcity, when there's lack, when there's fear, you're in trouble. The antidote is gratitude. Could you write three things down that you're grateful for every day to prime your body? You know, we just started doing it with my son at the end of the day, and it's, it's absolutely fascinating, like his mind and the things he thinks about. And I think of over time of how he's going to change and how he's going to be. Sometimes we go around the table and we say, hey, what well, we're grateful for. Everyone just names one thing. I love it, man. It's a great chance to get perspective. It's a great chance to remind yourself of all the amazing things that are going on around you that you may not be aware of because you're so narrow focused and you've gone tunnel vision on the fears, the doubts, the lack, what you're missing, what you don't have. Be grateful. Number five, move your body, change your state, right? We talked about that. Could be power poses, could be natural movements, could be just walking, getting out. Could be breathing, changing your changing your breath. Okay, move your body. And then number six, the last one, like the Dalai Lama said, find connection. Because when you're connected, you will become one. If you're separated, we see each other as a threat. We see them as a challenge. But when we're one, we're all part of one whole being. So there is no challenge. That's it, guys. I love you. I hope this was helpful for you. And I'm so excited to share this episode. I just think this is what needs to happen right now. This is the positivity we need. This is the, the turnaround. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to share next week's episode with you. Bye. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in the show. It absolutely means the world to me. And I'm extremely grateful for this opportunity. If any of this resonates with you, feel free to go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. There you can follow me or you can follow me on Spotify. And if you're interested in life coaching or health coaching, you can find me at joelevancoaching.com. And I'd love to connect with you there. Thanks and continue to be amazing.